You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sixers, winner, winner, Turk leftover turkey dinner. We'll see how that works out. Uh, it is the Outside Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. It is a deal, Royster, chill ride, chill vibes as always. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Dave Early. Dave, uh, first things first, real quick, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Oh, it was great. It was great. Good time. Great to see family. Good times, good food. Exactly. Delicious food. Listen, it's amazing uh, Thanksgiving in my house. My mom cooks for a literal army, and I'm not saying that because my dad was in the army. I, I don't know why she just does that, but, you know, turkey, ham, and uh, there, there was ribs. There was ribs this year, Ooh. which was a little bit weird, a little bit strange, but that's fine. Uh, ribs speak- sounds pretty good. Yes. Ribs on Thanksgiving, kind of clutch. I think that needs to be like an annual thing now. Yeah. Speaking of things that get barbecued, uh, how about the Hawks' interior defense? Joel Embiid <laughs> coming back. First game back, drops 38-7. and seven. Welcome back, big man. How you feeling? Dave, that was – I didn't even know that Embiid was, like, going to play tonight. I didn't even know they were – he was considering playing. Originally, I think someone said, like, he might try to time it up. Maybe Doc said – to return with James, so I thought that would be somewhere next week, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I guess I thought the midfoot sprain was a little bit more serious than they thought. And then obviously we had the scare because he walked to the locker room after like five minutes of playing. We were like, Jeez. oh, okay, maybe he wasn't ready to play. Uh um, that that being said, big man had a really good night. 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, shot nine of eighteen from the field. Two-way amazingness from Embiid. Oh, and was 12-13 from the free throw line. But, you know, that last stat line, we, we've come to expect from him at this point, right? Yeah, he was he was terrific. Um, the, the seven assists is sort of picking up where he left off. You could tell that part of him was thinking, these guys have a rapport without the studs in the lineup. They've been sharing the ball really well. I don't want to completely derail that. And you saw him orchestrate a few possessions, you know, like Tobias would have it, but he would come get it and he'd call shake to come pick it up and run a DHO. Right. As soon as he got it back with movement, he found Niang for a three. Um, So he just was clearly making a concerted effort to pick his spots and get good shots, but also to get the other guys involved, uh, which you love to see. And I don't I don't think they would have won this game. It's impossible to say for sure without Joel because they had been playing well and just different guys randomly stepped it up. But it, it certainly looked within the flow of this game that Joel Embiid won them this game down the stretch by being awesome. I want to go back real quick to something you said about his assist. Like he had seven tonight, and obviously the team's been gelling with like spreading the ball around. Small sample size, 12 games, but 
Joel's assist rate is almost 25%. And that's the highest of his career. I I don't know, but if it's it seems like he has become a way more willing passer. I mean, he you kind of saw that last year when his assist rate was about 23 and a half, but now we're getting to the point where it's like almost 25. And yeah, some of that has to do with like Harden being out of the lineup last couple of games. But again, this was his first game back. And I got to say, I like I like this little wrinkle from the big man. I kind of like it. Yeah, I like some of these point Joel possessions. It makes me think they don't need a backup point guard as much as some of some fans wanted to see them pick up. Uh, right. Shake has Shake has been doing a good job filling in there. Uh, maybe a, a great job filling in there, basically. And so they, they've had the requisite ball handling. I mean, we made fun of D'Anthony Melton's dribbling, but They've, yeah. cobbled, they've cobbled it together with these Milton Melton lineups and Joel Embiid slid right into the fold pretty f- fluidly today. And yes, with the assists and all of the point Joel uh, funness, you get the turnovers too. He is averaging about, uh, he is averaging four turnovers a game. So you kind of have to like pick and choose. You have to take the positives with the negatives here. But for the most part, I don't mind it too much, especially when they really need somebody to do a little extra facilitating right one one dime shy of having a two to one assist turnover ratio i'll take that any day of the week with joe i will take that yeah uh i I will also take uh toby's hot start to start the game like that's always that's always fun when you see toby go off for like for example in the first quarter this game against the hawks he was four of six got some stuff underneath the basket hit a three-pointer missed another one but still like pacing the Sixers in the first quarter Tobias like that goes well longer into the game because he feels good he feels integrated into the offense and I I like that yeah there were some possessions where he got it sort you know right around the hoop the hoop and he was like he basically just put somebody smaller in the basket with them so it's great to yeah. see I know there's been plenty made about his his trouble finishing this season. Like he's having trouble finishing at the rim. Did not have that issue tonight. I feel like we're always talking about Toby's finishing. I feel like that's a that's a uh I feel like that's a requisite topic anytime we tweet or talk about a game. Just like Tobias Harris's finishing ability, just like so many face palms and just like Coming slamming the game, your... he just <laughs> it felt like he had a zillion botched layups or like got blocked trying to dunk it or someone he probably shouldn't have tried to posterize or just something like that yeah went for the reverse and it just rimmed out and then someone else tipped it tipped it in and you're like all right that won't that won't hurt us but come on toby i catch and shoot toby i kind of i kind of like that a lot he was three or seven from three this game against the hawks uh if he i mean that's not sustainable over a long-term season but at the same time if he stays where he is like I kind of I kind of like that he's always been willing to shoot that three and he's stepping out and I I enjoy it I I like it he's averaging about five attempts a game this year and he's clipping about 37 percent 36 37 percent so that's an that's an angle that's very much necessary Toby keep it up Yes, a lot of people have been talking about the guys they would like to trade Toby for. Um, but Toby's making it look like a lot of crummy takes were out there. And Shake, Shake Milton, is it 
is it officially Shake Milton season? I mean, at least until James comes back, right? <laughs> like Shake's game logs over the last couple of games, like he has been remarkable the last couple of games with James Harden now, 29 against Orlando, uh, and then 24, the game against Orlando before that, 22 against uh, Charlotte, and they had the 27 against Minnesota. Like, Shake, she, uh, again, I going back to this phrase, Keep it up, my man. Yeah, man. I, I got to take one on the chin here because I had been arguing like, all right, if you really needed to keep an open roster spot, I wanted them to keep Isaiah Joe because this team at full strength, they could use another shooter, but do they really need another ball handler if you're going to stagger Harden or Maxi, so one of them is out there the whole game? Do you really need what Shake's providing? Um, but Shake, over the last few games, in this absence of all the starters, He's just looked like a really good player, period. Not just forget need, forget what you want. Um, he's just getting to the rim, and he's finishing with his left hand. He's spinning in guys' faces and dropping floaters right over them. He's, you know, putting up 21 and 7 in big wins. So, uh, you know, and some scrappy defense occasionally, too. Not something he's known for, not something that we're still going to brag too much about, but just enough over this stretch to help them eke out a few wins against some uh, non-top-tier contenders. So it's been helpful. Certainly the kind of uh, regular season help you're looking for. I don't know. I I go both ways on this. Like, I still feel like maybe a guy like Isaiah Joe could help them in a a game seven on the road just by draining, like, three threes in a quarter. And Uh, that's the thing. That's the one part about uh, Milton that has to – kind of improve a little bit his uh volume of three-point attempts right especially with Harden out now do you think he should be like not necessarily jacking up more threes but like at least attempting a little bit more he's not a great and comfortable three-point shooter I think he's been hot lately but his form is a little odd it kind of looks like he's shooting a a heavy ball like a medicine (laughs) ball yeah um so it's not the most fluid shot. And so I wonder when the Sixers are at full strength, is there really this need for him? Or is he a guy who, when you really need buckets, you can put him out there? And I feel the same way about Niang as well. So I find myself going back and forth between saying these guys have been absolutely monstrous helps over the last few games. Does that mean that you strike while the iron is hot and try to trade both of them for a guy who you know for sure can play both ends of the floor in the playoffs and maybe fills a little bit more of a need? Or do you just say, hey, these guys are better than I thought they were and we're a deep team and we're going to need to stay a deep team? Is this where is this where you do your weekly uh, uh, transaction where you try to get Kevin Durant to Philly? Is, this, is, that, is that what time this is right now? I, I wasn't thinking that high, but if you're, <laughs> if you're throwing in Harris and Maxie as well, sure, I'll... Uh, <laughs> I'll go down that road with you. No, but I was just thinking, you know. Harris, Maxie, and Shake might be a little too much for me. <laughs> when we heard for Kevin Durant? Yeah, might be a little too much. <laughs> okay. When we heard um, that they wanted this extra roster spot, we knew that it was for possible trades. And you had to think guys like Matisse, Korkmaz, maybe Shake, maybe Niang would be involved. Now that they're playing this well, I couldn't help but wonder if, if Daryl Morey would be tempted to uh, to pick up the phone on a couple of these guys who've been playing well. Now, where do you fall on this, especially with Melton playing well and Milton and Shake playing well and 
Furcon playing okay, I guess. Um, are you in it now for the depth? Because the second unit actually looks halfway decent. And I think with Embiid, Toby, and Harden, I think that's a nice that's a nice three. And if the second unit can not lose you games between Embiid and Harden and whatever get from Toby is gravy. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I guess it depends on what what type of championship roster you you think you can be. If you think you could be like the 2014 Spurs, then yeah. you want that you want that depth because on any given night, you know, Patty Mills, Manu, TP, Duncan, Boris Diaw, Kawhi, they had so many guys who might lead the team in scoring with like 16 points. If you wanted to try to do that, and we know Brett Brown always wanted to try to do that, uh -huh. that's that's why you like having these guys like Niang and Shake. If you wanted to go the other way and do what Maury did in Houston with the 2018 Rockets, you you don't need these guys who are really good at one, one end of the floor, but maybe not the other. Um, like Niang is not the defender you really want him to be. Right. You don't. You don't need this nifty ball handling that we have seen lately. Even though it's been a pleasant surprise. And Shake, you don't need the ball handling at all. So consolidate those two guys for a guy, and maybe Matisse also for a guy who's just a little bit more reliable than Daniel House from three. Right. And maybe not quite as good as uh, defensively as Matisse Seibel, but you know you can always put him out there. And and try to go that route. So, I I, I think I agree with that. With. I think I agree with that. But... Yeah. Um. I I think depending on who's out there and who's available, like you could go. I mean, you could go superstar route if you really get that deal for uh Toby and Maxi and whoever else. But even if it's just like not necessarily this guy, but like somebody on a level of like you know when we wanted Terrence Ross that one year. Um, somebody that can like really come in and just like put up t uh, twenty to twenty four points off the bench and just like help out in that in that fashion. He's a much more reliable twenty to twenty four points. Fine, I can I can probably get behind that as opposed to like leasing the farm for uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, uh, unless you think to yourself, look, shake would have been picked around where Landry Shamit was picked if it were not for his back injury. And right. if, if he's healthy now, and that's why he's playing this way, because he has had injuries quiet as kept over the last couple of years. If he's healthy and you think that that might last, maybe you have a much better player than we sort of expected to see over the last two seasons because there was this underlying you know ailment. And if that's the case... Maybe you just keep shake and you're not going to do better for the price. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe you, you look to I, I guess there's a lot of ways you could go with it. They still do have that open roster spot. So, you know, they're thinking about pretty much every possible iteration. As good as the Sixers looked on offense, I think I love their defense even greater tonight, especially on, you know, Trey Young, who can microwave it at any time. He had 18 and 10. Uh, I was a little surprised that he only got 14 shots when I looked at the box door. I was like, wait, what? Really? Only 14? But I, I, they did a good job of like keeping him off the ball, getting people in his faces, not allowing him to do the silly Trey Young things that we've come so used to seeing in this league. 
I don't know if part of it is just like the defense or part of it is him trying to figure out how he and DeJounte Murray work. Like, I, I don't know. Trey just looked a little off tonight. What'd you see? Yeah, some of those floaters were really disheartening. You know, you know the two I'm talking about that just kind of like bobbled around the rim and dropped. Yeah. And you thought, well, couldn't he pretty much just do that whenever he wants? Because if you're going to put the 1-5 pick and roll, Joel's not going to want to chase him 30 feet out. So he's no, going to protect no. that lob. And you're going to basically have to live with giving up those floaters. But he was a minus 7 in this game. And you saw both Shake and Melton doing a pretty good job getting the ball out of his hands or leaving him in some sort of uncomfortable spots. He was uh, a minus 7. He also had a minus 13 for Justin Holiday. So I do think that uh, DeAndre Hunter, now that he's healthy and in the starting lineup, I think he changes that team immensely. He's somebody that is a defensive stopper. He is somebody that can uh, get you three-pointers. He's somebody that can play really good defense. He's very efficient when he has the ball. 7 of 11, 18 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. I think I think they really missed Hunter two years ago in the playoffs, and they certainly missed him last season. Yeah, he he reminded me a little bit of Rip Hamilton tonight. Hard yes. nose, hard nose defense. I saw that same thing too. Loving the the one dribble pull up mid range jumper, and he was hurting the Sixers with that. I'm relieved that they didn't continue to go to him down the stretch because he had a hot hand. Um, he's got he gets crazy high. So it's like the guy who's on him isn't even jumping. And he's, he's all the way up in the air for his 15 footer. uh, And he cashed him. The other thing about the Hawks lineup, like, I don't know, man, the the body language was not looking swell for me, but like John Collins kind of looks a little out of sorts. Now. I, I'm not saying that they need to like trade him, but just like, with Hunter and Murray and Young, like I just don't know where Collins fits anymore. I never liked the Clint Capella tree, to be honest. I thought they should just be playing Collins at the five and then just like go uh uh four out. But they they made the trade for Capella because I guess they needed size down there. But I I just don't know. Collins just looked re- he's looked really lost this season, and I don't I don't know what to do about it or say. Well, you got to take you got to take the L on that take because Capella has been awesome for them. I mean, they, they could have went to the NBA Finals. If I guess. Trey Young didn't step on an official's foot. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I know that both of these teams played the second night of a back-to-back, but I also thought that there was a little bit of energy lacking generally and some of that right. in the body language of the Hawks. Like, yo, this game's right there for the taking. The Hawks have actually looked like the better team, but the Sixers are going to eat this one out somehow. Yeah, I don't, and it's kind of feeling like the Hawks are letting us or letting them do it. I don't know because the uh, Sixers I, don't win these games. They just don't. Like, there's this proven track record of them not winning these games. If Bogdanovich was out there, the Sixers would have lost. That's thousand percent, thousand percent, because he has that killer instinct where he shushes the crowd to sleep. So, um, and <laughs> and I don't think I don't think that they really knew what they were doing down the stretch like I, I was very relieved to see Collins take that three late in the game um yeah it was it, it, it just, he made his free throw shouldn't he have missed that th- free throw on purpose right when they were down by three Allah and uh Kate were talking about this that too and I was just like okay that's 
weird. That's it was strange. weird, right? It was weird. That's that's a little that's a little strange. I don't I don't know why they didn't at least give it a shot to do a you know crazy offensive rebound off the rim, kick it out to Trey for three. Like that's kind of what I was expecting. But you know, hats off. We would have killed Doc if he messed this up. So hats off to him for getting that right and having PJ Tucker foul Collins and send him to the line because if Trey Young got a three off and made it, it would have been like, oh, Come on, Doc. How can this happen? So, Sixers win 104, 101. We are, you know, the six seed. Six seed won four out of the last five. This here they come. Looking good. They are the six seed. Looking good. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I like what you did there. Six seed of the year. Oh, it looked like five seed now on my on my board. It might be. I I'm, I have twelve and nine. They have I, a half game lead up over the six seeded Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors are losing. Last time I looked. Um, Excellent. But, well, yeah, we'll just we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll take a quick breather. Be right back after this. And Dave, we're we're gonna do it because the game happened last week. We weren't really able to talk about it. We're gonna close the book on the Ben Simmons chapter in Philadelphia. He came, he saw, he was booed, and, like, that's it. Like, and he hurt his knee tonight. And he hurt his knee tonight. Like, we're good. We're we're this, we're this. We're done with that. We don't need to speak of him ever again. But uh, back after these words from, from our sponsors, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. This is the Out of Sight Podcast. Back in a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, and Dave, I don't, I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you were uh, on, on the Twitter sphere or you know just alive in general, but uh, Ben Simmons made his long-awaited return to Philadelphia last week. Um, we knew he was going to get booed and torn to shreds. Uh, how? Did you did you I'm guessing you watched the game, right? Of course. What how how was the atmosphere on television? Like cuz I saw I watched the game and I was just like holy crap, they are getting into this kid and it is not looking good for him. But, you know, he he kind of earned it. He he kind of has to wear it on that one. Yeah, he he came out, he dealt with the booze, he played an excellent first half. He was balling. Um, you know, Kevin Durant has said publicly and said privately to him, look, very few players get the reception you're getting. So that's an honor. You should wear that, wear that honor. And I'm sure Ben took that to heart, you know, and, and saw that as this isn't something that just everyone gets. They don't boo like crazy when Patty Mills returns to San Antonio or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he won a championship. So that's a bad but, uh, but like when Landry Shannon returns to Philly, that doesn't happen because 
you know, there's feelings there and you were good enough to give the fans certain expectations. Um, so, and he came out and he, he started playing really well. He kind of characteristic of Ben. He didn't have as big of a second half. He wasn't making an impact there. Sixers started to, uh, you know, get the game the way they wanted to play it instead. And it was also it was also a textbook Ben Simmons fourth quarter where he did nothing on offense, and he did win the crowd some Chick Fil A. I was just I was just getting to that. Uh, I was annoyed we couldn't bet on in DraftKings. If you're if you're a Sixers fan, are you kind of are you kind of thankful that you got free chicken, or it's just like you know what it, it's Ben Simmons, so this is this is tainted chicken anyway. I wouldn't consider it tainted chicken. I, I think I would savor it all that more. <laughs> See, I have I have my own thing about about Chick Fil A that I will not discuss on this podcast. Um, but now that now that we're done, now that we're o- over this whole mess and this nonsense, we got the first visit out of the way. Could it be that just like this is what happens anytime he comes here? Like ten years down the line, like is he still going to get booed mercilessly? I don't think mercilessly. I think fans probably already had to push themselves to care a lot. You know, without Maxi, without MB, without Hard in the lineup, there was just lacking juice. So if I had that ticket to that game, I would have been disappointed. I would have been like, all right, at least there's going to be juice because Ben Simmons is still a hot ticket. But I think I would care all that much less the next time it happens to It's like, all right, whatever. This guy was here. Is he even healthy for the Nets? The Nets have their own drama. Least of my worries now is how hard I'm going to boo him because I'm not sure that I care enough to boo the whole game. Are we can can we say that because it was said before that like there's no clear winner in the Simmons Harden trade? I think we can flatly say that we won that trade. The Sixers won that we won the Simmons Harden trade. Point blank. Yeah. Point blank. End of story. I don't even know how that frame of consciousness occurred but it did and i'm here to debunk it right now the sixers won that trade okay brooklyn clearly lost that trade thousand percent can't deny it anymore i i think you're right i mean i i think it's still going to be health dependent you still need Harden to be healthy in the playoffs and his haters his detractors would say he wasn't two years ago he wasn't last year if he's not this year, it's going to be tough for you to argue on the trade when they've got two of your draft picks. Now, maybe they yeah. already waste, wasted one on Royce O'Neal. Uh, and also, Harden could leave. Harden could leave in free agency. If Ben Simmons is good or if they were able to get something good for him via trade, and that's a big question mark, maybe they can't. Uh, there are some ways in which they could look like they won this trade moving forwards. Uh, I look back at the summer and I'm like, couldn't they have moved Ben Simmons and try to find a way to get Donovan Mitchell uh, for Kevin Durant. Yeah. Or, I... And like a bunch of stuff for Kyrie Irving, if they were going to do that, it feels inevitable that they should have. So there could have been some other ways. They also had the Sixers 2027 pick. We don't know if that's going to be the next LeBron James. So we can revisit that in, in eight years. If we're, so. if we're still, if we're still podcasting by 2027, which is, a, which is a very legit possibility, unless, you know, some, uh, some electromagnetic pulse wipes out all the technology. Uh, we'll, we'll still be here. But, but to that... your point, but to your point, if I'm Sean Marks and I spent like four picks and four swaps getting Harden, 
And then I was willing to say, okay, I'm not going to sunk cost this. I'm trading him now. Let me get what I can. I don't feel good about my return. Obviously, it changes because uh, you did the MRI and you thought he was healthy. You saw him play basketball really, really well after his back injury. So he had a flare-up of an injury from 2020, which you didn't and couldn't have predicted. So that's, you know, I, I could still sleep at night because I didn't know he was hurt. It's not yeah. like I'm mad at Daryl Morey for selling me damaged goods like the Pelicans once felt about Drew Holiday. You remember those days? But <laughs> uh, do I remember those days? I have a Drew Holiday jersey. Yeah, so I, I would not feel good if I were Sean Marks about what I've got left for my original package for Harden and now my pack, my second package for Harden going out. Now that we've looked past and Seth Curry looks damn good though. Seth Curry does look damn good. Uh, now that we've looked and gone beyond that, let's look ahead to the rest of this week. Uh, two more games this week, uh, both on the road, both tough games at Cleveland, at Memphis. Woof. Uh, Cleveland playing the the Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland thing. That seems to be working. They're the third seed right now. They're looking good. Three games out of first. Uh, they are eight and one at home, which kind of worries me a little bit. This kind of feels like a game that the Sixers are going to drop. And then going to Memphis and Memphis is seven and two at home. And they've won two straight at the time of this, uh, recording this podcast. I, I think a split here would be nice. I don't think you're getting a split. I don't know. <laughs> no, not, not, I, I think if they win one of these games, it would, it might be, uh, Cleveland on Wednesday just because uh, I, I don't know there's just something about when Embiid plays Cleveland he just turns it up for whatever reason against the Cavaliers I don't know why he does that against the Cavaliers and not necessarily the Celtics sometimes but hey this is this is what it is so this is what we have to deal with uh, I will say Cleveland has they, they just lost to Toronto by 12 and they're Again, their next game is Wednesday against the Sixers. Memphis still looking clean, but yeah, I think they really, I think they have a shot to at least split this quick two game rotor. Yeah, they have a shot to. I, I don't think that they will as long as the star guards are out there. You know, John Morant's out there, if Garland's out there, if Donovan's yeah. out there. I think the Sixers are going to look overmatched all of a sudden. Um, I don't see how they're going to stop the ball in Cleveland if, if all, if, Cleveland's fully loaded. It's going to be tough. And Joel's going to have to get out there and scramble around on the perimeter. He's going to be wiped. It is going to, um, and it is going to be Evan Mobley and Jared Allen down there. So, like, he's, exactly. he's going to get work. I, I will say the, the, the next couple of games after that are, are easy-er, easy-ish. Yes. Uh, now you're looking at Houston, L.A., Char- L.A. Charlotte. Lakers. The good L.A. Char- Charlotte, Sacramento. Before you got. Sneaky good Sacramento. I think Sacramento is a play-in team. Yeah, sneaky good Sacramento. They might be better than a play-in team, and it's and not then, the bunny. It's not the bunny it was in yesteryear, but the game is in Philly. Games in Philly, and then uh, Golden State after that. It's solid, like two weeks of winnable games, and then you know Harden will be back by then anyway. So I, I think we're in good shape. Problem with that is Steph Curry is going to remember that Matisse Thybulle did a great job defensively on him, and he's going to come for revenge. And, and he's going to go off like for he's going to go off for he's going to go off for like seventy. 
Yeah, I think he might. <laughs> just, just to prove a point. <laughs> Come on, Steph. You've won multiple titles and, and MVPs. Just like fine. You don't you don't have to prove anything to us anymore. You're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just not you don't have to do anything. Uh but until then, in the meantime, uh you can always check out all of the good stuff on Liberty Ballers, LibertyBallers.com. Read everything. The uh game threads are up, the game uh recaps are up, the bell ringers are up. It's just all Sixers coverage all the time. And some interesting columns and uh, all the podcast reviews that you can shake a stick at. Uh, it is the Liberty Bonus Podcast Network, Out of Sight Podcast. I'm Adil Royster. You can find me on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. You can find Dave on Twitter at David Early. Follow Liberty Ballers at Liberty underscore Ballers. And go Sixers. We are the five seed as of, as of right now. Three straight. Uh Looking good. Looking good. Could have been a that's lot what, worse. That's what we were when Ben Simmons was holding out. We were like, yeah. hey, five seed. Let's go. It, it could be a lot worse with Embiid and Harden missing time. So yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I will take it. The Milton gladly. Melton Marauders did their job. Tobias. The Milton Melton Marauders. Uh, yeah. So um, let's just go ahead and trademark that right now. Get it on a T-shirt. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just make some royalties off that. So thank you for that, Dave. <laughs> I'm always out here to make extra coin. I'm always trying to secure any bag I can get my hands on. I like it. <laughs> Until next week, go Sixers. We're gonna get out of here. Talk to everybody next week. Peace.